Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from one of the top names in retail store sales on why retail is so important for emerging hardware product startups. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Macko, the leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Sponsored by PTC's two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo. And produced by Macko Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to bring back Johan Jacob to the show. Johan is the founder and president of Retail Bound, an agency that helps emerging hardware brands get into major retail stores and sales channels. Retail Bound has been around for 14 years and has worked with over 4,000 product companies. Johan himself has spent 30 years in the industry, including being a major buyer for Sears and Office Max. The last episode with Johan, we talked about scaling up when in a hardware retail store. Today, Johan is going to explain to inventors, startups, and small manufacturers why retail is still a huge sales opportunity in 2023 and how to overcome objections on going into retail stores and how to smartly begin your relationship with retail store chains. Now, on to the episode. Hi, Johan. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, Kevin. Morning. Always excited to talk to you about getting into retailers. How do hardware startups, how do inventors get their new hardware innovations to the biggest players in the world? And retail still counts for more than 70% of consumer products being bought in North America. So it is a massive channel for selling hardware products, something where you can touch and feel and get to know the products or just have flashy packaging that picks the eye of the customer up as they're walking by the aisle and filling up their carts with all sorts of things. So retail is still huge. And it's a really big light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of hardware startups that are really interested to scale their brand and to become a world-class product company through their actual hardware product itself. Now, before we get into all the details of getting into retail, why retail is so important these days and how it's so valuable to hardware startups and emerging brands, just give us a background. How'd you get to be the big retail success story you are today. So I've been in retail for over 30 plus years. Started my career like major clients as a product manufacturer, trying to sell products into retailers in the US like Best Buy and Target. I made more of my fair share of mistakes, more I'm on this podcast because I didn't have a retail bound or any consultant here doing the work really for my hand. So I made a lot of awesome mistakes, but I did learn, but it took time and effort and forced money, right? And then I got my MBA here in Chicago where I'm based and got and became a very, very large retail buyer for two different Bill and Dara chains and saw the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to vendors who, who try to present me or who try to work with me. I'm one of the few consultants out there that have been on both sides of the retail buyer's desk. And we started a company called Retail Bound in 2008 to help innovate harder brands who have the time the experience or the connections to get their brand to retail. That's amazing. You guys are obviously work with hundreds of products now and millions of units all around the world, largely focused yeah. on retail, but you've done all sorts of things from wholesale and whatever else. I really like your background because you've been on both sides. You've been selling hardware product in your own stuff, and then you were a buyer for these major yeah. chains, seeing what really works and getting to know it from the inside. And of course, that's over 15 years ago now that you started Retail Bound to actually help hardware startups get into retail and grow the brand and do a lot of the stuff in and around scaling a hardware product. 
products. So let's get into retail. One of the things I want to address right out of the gate is the importance of retail. I know there's a lot of people out there that are kind of toying around with the idea. They say, oh, retail's dead and with the economy and who shops at stores anymore. But that's a real fallacy, especially in North America. Talk a bit about what you're seeing. Sure. I always say, I hear that all the time since 2020 with COVID, retail's dead, retail's dead. But there actually were more stores built in 20, 2021, mostly smaller retailers or even retailers like a Home Depot or Lowe's that saw a huge expansion by people being home and, and doing their home product projects. I would say that uh, retail was not dead. It's just basically it's changed, right? Retailers like a Best Buy or Atari have, have improved their omnichannel presence. So where it's not just better stores and layouts, but also improved mobile and web checkout as well. I would also say that REITs are finding more creative ways to get consumers not to shop online, but also in-store, in-store demo events, very specialized, great assortments and so forth. So this year alone, we see our clients who've gone to retail see an increase in overall sales. I think for brands are thinking about into retail, why they should do it. Uh, I think there's really two reasons why. One, I think getting to a retail like a Best Buy or a GBC in the US, it gives you legitimacy or street credit. You actually may as a brand, right? But two, you give your customers more options where to buy. Many consumers, especially older consumers, are a little wary of buying from yoan.com or a kevin.com, right? Because they don't know if you're here today and gone tomorrow, where they buy that same product from a a London Drugs or a Walgreens, they feel a lot more confident if by chance that product doesn't meet their expectations, that that retailer will back them up. And that's why I think a lot of young brands to consider retail as part of their long-term strategy and growth. Absolutely. I mean, it's huge for your equity valuation as well. Once you can say that you are in a Walmart, then think about how much easier it makes you to sell to other types of buyers, maybe not even other retailers, although that'll certainly help as well. But think about your corporate buyers or wholesale buyers, or even just investors or a number of different stakeholders along the path. The more that you can show that you are an established product business, the more successful generally you will appeal to all of the various stakeholders within your product journey. So being right. into a major retailer that everybody knows the brand is huge. And another thing that you brought up there, Johan, which is really valuable is this omni-channel approach. And that also is a misconception with the retailers. The retailers are creeping into the digital space quite aggressively. As you'll notice in many, many different regions, many different carriers, many different companies, they are aggressively working on how to do what really online-only stores can't. And that's both sell online and also have that physical footprint. So if you do your research online and find whatever XYZ TV that you're looking to buy, well, you can actually go into the store, take a look at it, and then decide, are you going to buy it in the store or buy it online and have it shipped to your house? You're giving a lot of options to the customer and all the big retailers who have major deep pockets are putting a tremendous amount of effort into figuring out what the future of this omni-channel approach is going to be. So the earlier that you as a hardware startup can get ingrained into the channels and figure out what's really working or not working for you, the more scalable that will be within those particular companies and channels, both online with their platforms and also in the store with the physical store units. That's correct. I mean, retailers are trying to find creative ways from live streaming to VR, right? It's really kind of cool. And retailers like, like Best Buy, they find creative ways to capture more people. Because again, today's consumer is a lot more educated than they were 20 years ago when it comes to products like you mentioned TVs, right? A lot of consumers will research online, maybe check out associate in store and decide which TV option A or option B, they want to purchase. So that's why a lot of retail put a lot of effort in building their digital presence, educate customers before 
they walk into the store to buy that product and actually share it and demo it and so forth. Again, you can't do it online. You can see a video for a minute on bestbite.com or bestbite.ca, right? But they go in store, play it through the remote, see the colors of the picture on the TV. You can't, you can't replicate it online. You have to do it in store, right? Well, and impulse buys in person are still extremely powerful. I mean, look at Costco. You go there for a handful of items and all of a sudden walk out with a thousand dollar bill, two carts full of stuff, right? Especially if yeah. you have kids and this sort of stuff that are seeing <laughs> things throughout the store, right? Like these stores are very good at that. So think about your own product and your own product packaging. What area of a store could you sit at? Or what sort of products could you sit near that maybe you work with or are better than or whatever else that if some Somebody saw that when they were walking by and they knew nothing about your brand, then have the opportunity to pick it up, look at it, read the packaging, front, back, feel the actual product itself. How valuable might that be for your particular hardware product? So that is difficult to replicate online. Of course, they do try and do things, obviously, you see on Amazon where there's suggested products and this and that, but you're looking at a picture. It's very different when you actually see and feel the product in the store. And that's why if you look at most of the retail chains, they've got all kinds of metrics around how much larger they can stack the average cart value of a customer that comes in yeah. generally for only a handful of items, very low value of items, sometimes double or triple what their initial expectation is going to be is what they're able to actually drive out. You got some of the checkout lanes, right? They take you through this like long maze of really catchy and attractive products. Some brands, you know, some things you don't all on that course of action of checking out along the path of where you thought your cart was already finished, it's not quite finished yet. These things are very powerful in retail that will take a long time for online to catch up with. And by then, we don't know exactly how they're going to catch up. And we don't know how the retailers are going to compete. But what we do know is they still command the majority of the market. It's very powerful. That's, that's, that's correct. In retailers, they call it the market basket theory. You go in and buy that new DVD movie, and I'm really dating myself, that, that releases today. Uh, it's at cost or just, just above cost, but you go in there, hey, I want my idea. I roll all you to the store, right? Use the gas to park, right? And, and walk in the store, buy a DV movie. They buy some toilet paper, some magazines, a candy bar. And eventually now, you know, the retail's making money, right? Costco, you mentioned, they call it a treasure hunt. That's what they call it, where you walk in to buy the at borders of, of diapers. At Costco, and oh, that's kind of a cool thing on taco. That's why, why you see it. Costco and Sam's, they have, especially on the weekends, they have these demonstrators. They demonstrate food and beverage, and it's, it's there's no job while they do that. So there's a science behind it. And that's why in retail, especially when you're going to buy that milk, not in the front of the store, in the back of the store, it forces you to go to other parts. It's like clearance. The clearance section also in the back of the store. So you have to go through all the name brand stuff. So retail done a really good job and getting to buy more as a small brand, right? When you're in store, it's a very curated assortment. Online, there's, you know, using iPhone cases. There's probably a thousand iPhone cases on bestbuy.ca. But again, in store, there only be like 50 of a certain color or style, right? So that's why getting in store is a great way of staying out from your thousands and thousands of like products online.
And imagine the media you can use. I love when, especially hardware startups, use the pictures of the product in store to sell product online, or at least to drive people into the store to actually purchase right. those things or just validate the actual brand on your website or on your videos or whatever else. How good does it look when you have a crate sitting there at the retail store at a Home Depot, and all of a sudden you got the pictures of your product there and there's a hundred units of it. That stuff looks really cool for online and is very strong in terms of brand validation. And coming back to the concept of your various stakeholders, which there are many, right? this really helps. Now, let's talk about the profitability of retailers, because again, that's a sticky point with a lot of hardware startups. Again, a lot of misinformation out there that basically states that, well, it's not profitable. The retailers basically take all the profit and you're left with nothing. Well, that's not true because these retailers and the manufacturers have been around basically forever doing this exact process and being very profitable to both sides if done right. So talk a bit about what you're seeing in terms of profitability and how hardware startups can become profitable, especially over time and at volume. Correct. Retail's got to make money, right? They buy it at cost of X and sell for price of, of Y, right? So Obviously, from a market perspective, in the beginning, right, you can make a little less money because you got to sell it to a retailer. And sometimes if you're a smaller brand, you might have to go through a distributor, which is a middleman between you and a retailer. However, there's more volume that, that a retailer and a distributor will purchase right over time. Obviously, the more volume you do, you can go back to your factories, right, hoping to negotiate lower prices. Because remember, if you sell on your own website, there's not that, that economy of scale. We had a Best Buy or a Target or a PVC or a Costco, right? Find your brand. They're buying hundreds or millions of units, right? Just think I'm a lower the cost, right? Now you make more money. Now I'll say as a retailer, hopefully one if you're doing well with product A, we want to product product B, C, D, and E, right? And now you get more products in. It's great from profitability. Now you have five products at Best Buy in store. Versus one online only, right? So there's a reason why there are brands like a Sony or Samsung have been in retail for years. They know profitability in the long run, they'll make more money. Absolutely. And that's, I think, the bigger picture with retail is you, know, you can't expect that your first order is going to be hugely profitable because the first order is generally testing. In fact, it may be many orders testing first at one store or multiple stores until they get more and more growth. That's what you really want to be trying to achieve is getting in, validating the tests, doing well on those tests to show that the product is selling and at the price points and that it's a good product that people love and the returns are at a minimum and all this sort of stuff so that you can start to scale essentially with your retail firm as a partner. It is a relationship. The more you sell, the better both sides make and vice versa. So if you can really get that product in and focus on the long run, that also really helps you on the manufacturing side. I always look at it from the design engineer side of things and manufacturing. The more volume that you sell and the more reliably you can predict that volume, which is also very helpful with retailers, the better it is to plan ahead and build economies of scale into your actual manufacturing. So not only will your quality of the product increase, because you can put a little bit more effort into fine-tuning a lot of those details in manufacturing. You can also put effort into costing down each of those parts based on volume. There's a whole bunch of different tooling techniques, product landscape techniques, manufacturing techniques that can be different from 500 units to 5,000. The purpose being 
cheaper products that are better quality over time. So that as you start to scale into the tens of thousands, your price point for actual production and the quality is amazing. And you're still selling at the retailers for a very similar amount, but now at volume. And that's where the profitability gap really starts to increase. And that's where you start to see very strong margins of profitability over time. Right. Johan, I want to talk a bit as well about getting into the retailers because, sure. of course, as a new brand, nobody knows who you are. You're starting to build your momentum. You've got this new innovative product that's going to change people's lives in some way or another. How do you actually get the retailers to buy into your product so that you're on the shelf as opposed to something else? If you're brand new, yeah, there are many resources. Best is, is to attend, exhibit various trade shows, right? For it's CES or Toy Fair, right? When you're at those shows, right, you want to make sure that A, you have an established sales history. Right, that you know, brand new with no sales. Hopefully, it's Kickstarter, Indiegogo, Amazon, Shopify. Right, you want to make sure you have a, a marketing plan. Because any day, these retailers have three metrics: will your cool hardware product will drive top line sales, bomb my profit, and turn customer time. So, do you have a marketing plan and ready to go and drive traffic? Bob, uh, is your pricing succinct and ready? You know, ready and it's accepted by retailer. Right, do you have the ability to uh, call post sales support, follow up with the retailer, make sure that they're happy with the order and they're ready to place and learn. So, a lot of our clients again, a retail is not too hard, probably speaking, but you want to start small. So, maybe it's bestbuy.ca first. They have a vetted marketplace. Same for Walmart here in the US. So, right? maybe start some of these marketplace sites that are owned by a retail. Like Walmart and Best Buy, that I guarantee you the, the retail buyers are looking at marketplace data. And if you're doing well on walmart.com through marketplace or bestbuy.ca, it's a good opportunity to get in with a buyer who buys that product for the for the store piece, right? So start small, make sure your sales are consistent, make sure your supply chain is bulletproof, and make sure you're getting paid by the retailer. Once those three things are happening, we call it a slow burn. Then it makes sense to scale, as you said earlier, Kevin, for bigger opportunity. You had to go from zero to a million overnight. It does take time. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love how you mentioned as well the after support feedback. When you're small, you can do that pretty easily as a hardware startup. Think of it. If you've only sold 500 units through the retailer, then your support can be amazing. You have a phone number. It could literally just be you or to maybe one part-time staff member or one assistant. It could be a virtual assistant if that. Basically, just covering those handful of emails or calls that are going to happen for after-sales support or Q&A or whatever else. If you can really handhold at least those initial customers, first of all, you're going to learn a ton. But second of all, you're going to prove scalability to the retailer. And that's, I think, the beauty and the simplicity of the model that you operate in, Johan, especially for smaller brands is start small and do a really good job of that. Of course, all that trickles down to a great product. Make sure your product is great. As Johan mentioned, make sure your supply chain is solid. And that means don't have some sketchy manufacturing or some rough together product or whatever else, make sure this is world class because you really only get one shot at it, especially with a retailer. If your product is a flop, it's very difficult to convince them that you've redesigned it, re-engineered it, reproduced it. And now all the headaches that went through in the first one are not going to come out in the second one. They won't believe you. And it's too late at that point in time. So when you're getting into the retailers and something that you mentioned as well, leverage some of the stuff that you've already done in terms of sales. So if you've done a crowdfunding campaign, if you've done a Kickstarter, Indiegogo, just selling direct online, maybe selling through a trade show, selling in your local community, maybe even through small stores, whatever it is, whatever way you're selling product right now, leverage that to prove to the retailers that you're worth a shot and then start yep. small with them and 
create a great product with great after-sales support. You do all those things well, just in a small way, which is why it should be comforting to a hardware startup. Don't have to worry about building a huge team and a huge infrastructure. Start small, be aggressive with your quality and your support, and you will prove that you're a great partner that is worth them investing their floor space on you and you investing your time on growing the relationship with them so that you hit that profitability gap as it gets further down the road. And so you can start hitting those big scale numbers that the retailers have ready to go for you if you can just prove it in a small way. It seems so easy, but a lot of young brands, their own worst enemy, they tend to overcomplicate things or they doubt themselves. That's why they like having a, a kind of like retail bound be their Jimmy Cricket. They're devil's advocate, right? Uh, they're selling board, right? Hey, I thought about going, I'm going to go option A, option B, you know, at the fork of the road. Where do I go? Let me ask Johan. He's been doing this for 30 plus years. He can tell me which way should I turn, right? That makes sense for, for me and my comfortability of the risk I may take down the road. Yeah, that's so helpful, especially because if you can just guide the entrepreneurs to the the easy, small ways of doing it, but the correct way, then allows them just to focus on the things that we were talking about, to make sure that it's executed well. That's really what I want the entrepreneurs to do. I want them to focus on building the business and building a business in a quality standpoint. I don't want them focused on the kind of impossible myriad of complexity and strategic thinking that really could just be a simple question to an expert. So if you can guide them, point them in the right direction, they can simply fill the shoes with the great product that they have. At the end of the day, the true innovation here is the product, the idea, the whatever you've done that's going to improve people's lives. So if you don't overcomplicate it and you're not afraid, as you mentioned, it allows really the hardware entrepreneur to pursue that and pursue the good parts of it while having people and a team support the strategic direction and the execution of a lot of those things as well. Well said, Kevin. Johan, much appreciated for all your words of wisdom here on retail stores, a lot of the hesitations of going into them, why it's so important and how you can actually get in the doors. Thanks again for your time today. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Done, Kevin. Have a great day. All righty. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a quick five-star review. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. That's podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Macko, North America's leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Huge thanks to our sponsors, PTC, and their two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo, and Macodesign design and invent the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups small manufacturers and inventors thanks for joining and see you next time